Floods of Justice is part of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Follow the Holler for relentless coverage, shining a light on injustices throughout Tennessee. Find them online at tnholler.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the TN Holler. In the midst of the storm, we have a special guest from Honduras. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you have your Bibles, open them to Amos chapter 5. And I want to read verse 24 where the prophet Amos says, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, justice, justice. Floods of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Led by Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs, affectionately known as Pastor Kevin or Rev Kev, he is the senior pastor of Franklin Community Church and founder of Franklin Community Development in Franklin, Tennessee. He is also a published author, teacher, professor, activist, abolitionist, husband, father, grandfather, scuba diver, and coffee connoisseur, which is why this podcast is brought to you from the coffee house at Second and Bridge in downtown Franklin. Let's begin the conversation. Hello, hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Floods of Justice. We are live on Facebook as well, and uh, and then also broadcasting this to everywhere you listen to podcasts. Pastor Kevin, how are you on your end? Well, I'm doing good. Uh, doing good. It's a nice day here uh, for us, and uh, looking forward to Thanksgiving. Yeah. We're going to try very little next week, Thanksgiving week, so... I'd take some time off, but uh, well, as you can tell, our it. podcast sounds a little bit different today. Uh, we are doing this remote uh, as everything is kind of changing. You're talking about your Thanksgiving. How is Thanksgiving going to look compared to Thanksgivings of past for you? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, we're going down to my daughter's, um, and they're in Murray County. Murray County doesn't have a limit <laughs> on anything, <laughs> right? So we're all going over to your, <laughs> your probably every, your everybody come to Murray County. There's no there's no limit on how many people you can have, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, I, my mom's had some health problems and, and I talked with her to her today and, and, uh, told her and she was agreeing that, you know, it's probably not wise for her to come down. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and so it'll probably be a smaller gathering than usual, but, uh, but we'll still try to try to be thankful in spite of it all. We got a lot to be thankful for. We do. In spite of everything going on right now in our country and in the country of Honduras, my adopted country. <laughs> yeah, they adopt really big kids there. They do. They do. They do. I'm a giant down there. <laughs> yes. it's, it's like Gigante. <laughs> Gigante. Yeah, gringo grande. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I hear. Uh, every once in a while I hear Greedo uh, uh, Gringo Gordo, which is not good. Gringo <laughs> Grande is large American Gordo. You can imagine what that means. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go to Google Translate. We'll uh, we'll keep this nice. <laughs> yeah, but we got um, one of my very good friends, Cesar Lopez. Um, Cesar has been my translator when I go to Honduras. Um, he's an excellent translator. He was uh, born and raised in in Miami, um, and uh, and then through some circumstances found himself back in the, uh, in Honduras and um, he is pastor one of the pastors at Passion for Souls Ministry the great church pastor uh, Carlos Serrato is the lead pastor and uh, Cesar does a lot of work with the homeless and with addicts and and uh, with um, at the city dump where, where people work and live and uh, just really really working with uh, the poorest of the poor. Honduras is a very poor country, um, and uh, and they've been hit hard now by, with two hurricanes. 
Um, and so I thought, well, let's let's talk to Cesar, find out what's going on, how we can help, and just how things are down there. So Cesar, welcome. Hey, um, Pastor Kevin and, and Kevin. Um, glory to God, it's a it's an honor and a privilege. This is my first official podcast. I feel famous. Wow. Right. I feel famous. Well, yeah, glory well, to God. Um, counting our families, we have zero listeners. <laughs> hey, things are going to change. <laughs> no, no, we we we've grown an audience over time, but uh, but yeah. I've been on now. Cesar does a radio program down in Honduras yep. every week, and I've been on his radio program multiple times. So, so welcome to my radio program. <laughs> Amen. And just to give you an update on that, I, I, I'm speaking to the to the president of the radio or the general manager. I don't know how you guys say it, but I was telling her that that I was thinking about starting a, a, a English radio program in Honduras because we have a lot of uh, missionaries in Honduras working all over Honduras, different mountains all over the city, everywhere, villages, everywhere. And she said, we're good to go. Just let me know when. So maybe next year when you, if if you're able to come down, you're going to be live on a radio, on an English program. We're going to have a lot of. That means I don't need you anymore, man. I don't need you. Might not. (laughs) Might not. Well, let us know because then we can push it here and, and we can because it'll be on Facebook too, won't it? Yes, it'll, it'll be on we'll Facebook. Then, of here. course, um, you motivated me with um, even even starting a, a small um, podcast down here myself. Yeah. You know, we have a, a good name for it, but we'll keep that to ourselves until it's, it's, it's up and running. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you met Kevin. We talked before we went live that everybody in the States is named Kevin. So, so, uh, like everybody in Honduras named Caesar or Julio, it's not a joke. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but anyway, um, tell me, you know, just give us a little background. What's going on down there? What what's life like day and night? You can go all the way back to COVID if you want to, because I know, you know, um, I tell you know, tell the people what, how how you guys approach COVID with the shutdowns and only being able to go certain days of the week and so forth. Well, one of the things that really messed us up down here because we are a third world country and um, it's going to sound harsh, you know, me speaking about my own country like this, but it's, it's reality. We basically have no rules. I mean, we have rules, but you know, Pastor, you've been down here for years. There's, we have rules, but we have no rules. But when COVID kicked in, you know, we had to start living by those rules and not only live, live by those rules, but uh, adjust to rules that were being made up as, the COVID pandemic went on, and at, at first it was it was really hard. I mean, as, as a as a citizen and as a pastor, it was really hard for us because the government had real tough restrictions. Uh, a lot of people at first got sick. A lot of people at, at first got sick, but as months went down, um, I could I I I'm, I don't I don't know what the statistics are officially right now, but you barely hear about people dying of COVID. I mean, we do have deaths. I think almost three thousand deaths. Um, but when it first kicked in, when it first started, we were all alarmed as everyone else in the world. But for a third world country where you don't have a functioning system, health system, where we don't have Medicare or all those Social Security care you guys have in the states. You know, we have ibuprofen and Tylenol, and that's all about what we had. 
So when it kicked in, you know, people were scared. You know, we were, um, everybody was inside their houses, inside their homes. But as a pastor, it was really tough for us because the whole country shut down. Everything shut down, you know, uh, stores. The only thing that wasn't closed was um, the hospitals. But when, when, when COVID kicked in hyperdrive, when people were getting sick and people were, I can't say dying left or right, but when people started dying in our country, uh, we noticed things were tough. You know, there was a mandatory mask. But, you know, like I said at the beginning, it's a country with law that's living lawlessness. Like, you know, people didn't just, they didn't care. You know, and as a, as a pastor, it was really tough because, as you know, Pastor Kevin, when you're renting, well, as you know us, as a church, we, we, we rent our church buildings. I think every time you come down, we're in a different building. And I think next year won't be the exception. We're already moving to another building. That's a long story. But anyways, but um, as a pastor with my um, spiritual father, our church overseer, Pastor Carlos, it was really tough on us. You know, people, I mean, the landlord knocking on our door, hey, you guys got to pay your church. We're like, hey, man, didn't you listen that everything is closed? You know, we have no, no funds coming inside church. But I think God spoke to us through that man in a sense because we were already thinking about, hey, we need to open as a church. You know, there was a law. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here going to, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. There was a law. Churches are closed. But we felt like we had to go under the, under like, go back into the old school day, you know, underground. So we, we started functioning as a underground, low key, don't tell nobody, come to church during pandemic type of stuff. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. We only were able to stand still for like um, maybe three weeks. After three weeks, Pastor Carlos said, hey, you know, if, if, if someone's going to get sick, I'd rather get sick in church than in the street where someone could pray for you. And believe it or not, we opened three weeks later, pandemic kicked in. We opened in our church. I mean, we had to do two church services now. We're, I mean, we have a whole bunch of people. Um, I got sick from the COVID. My pastor got sick, not in church. We all got sick outside church. A whole bunch of people got sick outside. But we started seeing the Lord. I mean, this is when the supernatural kicks in, you know, we started coming to church and people being sick were coming to church. People were being healed. I mean, we got awesome testimonies. I mean, people on their deathbeds getting up, coming to church and, you know, uh, uh, people started hearing that there was a church that was still open, that people were getting healed. I mean, our, they were starting to see our church as a hospital. I mean, people were coming in and walking out healthy. I mean, one got sick, got healed went back home, told their friends, their friends came and they called their friends and people were calling us saying, Hey, I, we belong to another church, but our church is closed. Can we come to your church? And, and we were, of course, you know, a lot of people, I'm not going to say what we did was right in men's eyes because we were breaking the law because there was a law that was established that everything was closed. But I mean, you know our church. We deal with, 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 with gangs, drug dealers, murderers, rapists, prostitutes. I mean, these men, you, you can't just tell these men don't come to church. And I think there's a big difference between, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, be, I'm not trying to um, 
make this in a general sense, but there's a big difference in the in the way the U.S. church, not all, but some are around and the way we do things down here. In the States, I, I assume you could tell someone, you know, you're the church. And it's true, you're the church. But down here, in our culture, a, a, a ex-gang member or even a gang member that's starting to come to church or a prostitute or a drug dealer or whoever, you know, they, the four corner walls, their church is part of their life. Like the building itself is part of their life. You know, we were noticing that domestic violence within our church members were going up. We were noticing that people were throwing in the towel and not going to church. And, and, and because they're newborn believers, them not being able to be able to come on a, on a two, two week services, you know, you know, for them it was really tough. So we decided to open up. We did. Now, don't get me wrong. When I said that we were breaking the law, I'm not saying that we weren't. We were here just doing, you know, the Pentecostal crazies type like stuff. No, we were here with our masks. Uh, we divided the church um, area like I think they said. Uh, well, I don't know how equivalent it would be in English, but in here it was like two meters apart. We had that, but we just couldn't stop people. I mean. We allowed for the family, for the husband and wife to sit together. Then everyone else had to be uh, uh, arm span distance when the, we had the, the um, hand sanitizer thing. We had the gun thermometer thing. We were spraying down your car. We were spraying people up. I mean, it was crazy, man. Yeah. But once, once the people came inside church, they weren't playing, they weren't putting up with, your son is going to sit over here. Your daughter is going to sit over here. It came to a point that we had to openly say, man, just put the chairs back together how they were. Just sit normal. Because, you know, we're in prayer service. And we just couldn't tell people, hey, don't grab your wife's hand and don't pray with her. You know, people were just automatically just grabbing each other's hands. I mean, we had church services where one person grabbed the, the hand of the other and the other one grabbed the hand of another. And, People were just grabbing hold of hands and we just couldn't stop telling them, you know, stop holding hands. We just couldn't stop telling We told them no holding hands, no hugging, no Christian-like kissing, you know, in the cheek or anything like that. Yeah, we well, just couldn't let, me you, let me interrupt you because just to put this in cultural, cultural context, um, for the most part, not to overgeneralize, but Hondurans are very affectionate people. Um, yes, we are. And so they do want to uh, touch. And so I can see how that that's a difficulty, and I do think that in Honduras that um, the church building itself is looked at a little bit differently than um, than here. And so, and and of course, I know you guys, and, and um, I'm glad that you were able to keep um, you know keep doing all those things that you were doing. And I saw it on Facebook, and um, you know, there, we talked about this early on in the pandemic, even in the states, <clears throat> that you got to find that balance between. Yes. You know, caring for the other person, being socially conscious, but at the same time still, um, still having compassion for people, and and I think yes. everybody's every church has got to answer that question differently. And and um, you know, our church has been virtual all but five weeks yes. since since March, um, and um, and we've tried to go back, but then something will happen, and it just in our context, it just seems to be yes. the way it is. But our ministry has has kept going on. I mean, being in the, on the streets and helping people 
yeah uh, has not stopped at all but the things look a little bit different and so so Honduras starts to open back up now what's really amazing is that in the whole country of Honduras you have fewer deaths than we've had in Tennessee not you yes. know, the, whole, the whole country is is pushing 260,000 deaths now uh, but in Tennessee I think we we went over the 4,000 mark um, and so your country's a lot bigger than Tennessee but yet um, you know, we we've had more we've had more deaths uh, than uh, than you guys, and so but you guys start opening back up, and then you get hit with a hurricane. Yes. So so um, let's jump forward to that. What you know, what happened? Well, what effect did it have? I kept having images of Hurricane Mitch. Thankfully, there wasn't that many deaths. I don't think. No, it wasn't. Um, but uh, but yet the storm was worse than Hurricane Mitch. So. Uh, so, uh, you know, we thank God that there wasn't more death. Yes. Um, and, uh, when the first, when the first hurricane hit, Eta or Ida, when, when, when it first hit, it caught us off guard. I mean, it, 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 it just caught us off guard. It's like when a, when, when, when a boxer's not, he's boxing and he's, he's, he has a fight going on and he's just not, paying attention and he trained well but just got hit with side shot that's how we got hit we weren't ready our government wasn't ready we were going through a political pandemic and besides the pandemic itself the COVID-19 so um we were going through corruption we've been going through corruption big time I mean I I don't I don't want to jump into that go straight to the hurricanes but when we got hit with the first one oh man no one believed it at first, but when 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 things got you know bad, you know our church, as you know, Pastor Kevin, um, we our church members are people that are marginalized. I mean, you know, um, they come from the the outskirts of the city, they come from the inside the city. I'm I'm gonna try to put this in the context. Maybe you can understand in English. They're, they live literally, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic. You know this. They live literally on the edge of the rivers or on the, basically on the river side, like right there on the river, you know, our main river crosses through our whole capital. So we have a river that crosses through our capital. And when that river floods, you know, the majority of people that are like poor, you know, we don't have projects. We don't have um, Section 8 housing and all that. We have, you live, well, you know, you live by the dumpster. You live by the riversides. And these families were hit bad. Yesterday, I spoke to a sister that her daughter is pregnant. She said in, 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 in less than two hours, she went outside to get um, groceries for the hurricane. She came back two hours later, and she found her daughter seven months pregnant with the water all the way up to her to her um belly shaking and shivering she thought she lost the baby and she had to get her daughter out of that house she lost everything and when i mean house i mean wooden house scraps of wood tin roof plastic real bad real bad when the second hurricane hit i mean the first one was bad i mean it flooded our whole north coast um, Baya de Sula or the Valley of Sula, they got hit bad the first time, but the second time was worse because they were they were already going through, you know, getting 
back up, you know, from getting on their feet, as you guys would say, getting back up on their feet. But two weeks later, we got hit with Iota, Iota or Iota. That one was worse. I mean, our it was so bad that our our water dams, our water reservoirs, they were over flooding. And before they collapsed and crashed, we had to open the curtains. So we had to let water out. Or if not, we were going to lose the whole city of Baeres Sula, San Pedro Sula, Cortez. We lost a lot. Literally, we have lost villages, completely erased, gone. And I'm not saying, you know, a little damage here. I'm talking about houses destroyed. We lost more people in the floods in less than, what, a month than what we have lost in COVID. I mean, COVID has been, what, five, six months in Honduras, already going on seven, something like that. I don't, I don't even keep track. And we only lost almost a little bit close to like 3,000. We haven't even hit the 3,000. But in less than a month, we lost 100 that we're still counting people drowning. I mean, I, I sent you the pictures. I sent you the pictures on how things collapsed. Children were, children drowned. Because you see, maybe you could, you could imagine this for, for a quick second or a moment. In the States, you guys have shelters. You know, you have your, your houses when it's hurricane watch or tornado watch. You have basements. But here, our poverty level is so high that you don't care if literally the water's up to your neck. You're going you're, you're gonna to stay close to the only bed you have. You're going to hold on tight to that only chair you have, to that only fridge. And I've seen images of people dying on their beds, dying in, your, in their houses. They were, they, were, they were willing to die alongside losing their stuff, you know. That was the first one. When the second one hit, then people were more conscious, you know. Even though they were really poor, they were more conscious and they said, no, you don't, you know, it's not worth, you know, we're poor, but poverty is always going to be around. It's not worth It's not worth losing our life over one chair, one bed. And then what really hurt our people was that the government wasn't doing anything. That's what I was, I was kidding with at the beginning of the program, um, how your podcast is called Floods of Justice. In Honduras, we got hit with floods, but there's, there is no justice at all. I want to read a quick verse, Proverbs 29, verse 1. I'm, I'm reading it in Spanish. I'm going to translate it in English. I like how it translates from English to Spanish. It says, when the just rule, the people or the citizens are joyful. I'm in Proverbs 29 too, and it says, when the just rule, the people are joyful or glad, but when the wicked have domain, the people groan in pain. And I sent you Im images, Pastor, on how a lot of the Honduran citizens were given their, uh, their donations. We were donating rice, beans. El Salvador sent more than a million dollars in food to Honduras and things got out of hand and images started hitting the, the social media, live TV, news stations, how the government just started, you know, filling up these warehouses 
with donations and not distributing the the, no, the donations. And you seen the images that rise was there, rise by there was the news. There was a news report even that I saw. One of the national news stations uh, picked it up and was talking about that and showing the warehouses full of food that did not get distributed and then they were flooded. And so we we exactly so. Um, it's just, I mean, COVID, the two, in the, the two hurricanes, even for us as a church, as you know, we work a lot in our, in our prison. Did you know that main maximum security prison got flooded? They didn't move the inmates. They didn't move it. The, they got flooded. Santa Barbara got flooded real, real bad. And we as a church got so many donations. We got a, 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 a container full of clothes, food that we were getting ready to take to the North Coast. And literally two days later, after we were getting ready to set sail to the North Coast, the second hurricane hit. So we postponed and we're waiting some of that food we have used in our city because uh, two hurricanes in less than a month mm-hmm. and COVID, I mean, it got, we got hit real bad, Pastor. And as a church, we opened our church as a public shelter. And we started, you know, we were putting it out on the radio program on our, on our Facebook live program. We were saying, Hey, if you don't, if you don't want to live in the shelter in a public shelter, like a government run shelter, because it's bad. I mean, we, our church, we have to go to the public shelters and give food. You know, our government's concern was still on COVID. You know what they did first when they went to our shelters, they were giving out maps. It's okay if you gave masks in a hot meal, but you gave masks. You gave masks. We're in, we're in a third world country. People, we want to die with our stomach full. We don't want to die from COVID with an empty stomach. If you are going to die, you know how many people have said this? It has, it has become like a, a saying in our country. If you die, we're going to die with a full stomach. We're not going to die sick with an empty stomach. And, you know, so... But the second hurricane, the government started understanding, but you just can't feed people. I mean, we're, we're a third world, third world country. You just can't take a, a oatmeal and coffee and bread. You don't do that. You know, so we as a church, you know, we have one of our, our church pastors inside prison. Look what the inmates have done. You're, you're going to like this. I, we haven't even put this out there in our, in, our, in our social media platforms. We haven't even said it in our church. But the inmates... And the pastor that we ordained inside prison, inside Tamara, Pastor Osman, he got together with his whole dorm, with his whole cell block. And these men made 700 baleadas. And for all the listeners on your podcast, for them to know what a baleada is, it's a, flour, it's a big old flour tortilla with refried beans, something like, cream cheese or, or cottage cheese and that's what they eat. So they these men made 700 baleadas. Pastor Osman called Pastor Carlos, called me and said, hey send Pastor David with his truck we got 700 baleadas. We want you guys to go. These men are already dying of hunger inside prison. We've lost almost 300 men in prison from COVID and these men made baleadas Refried beans with cottage cheese or sour cream with a flour tortilla. And today at 4 o'clock, we will begin distributing distribution in, in each 
yesterday. I haven't, I haven't seen the pictures yet, but I want to thank you for helping us and blessing us. And a certain sister, anonymous, I don't know who it was. Your church, you, I don't know who it was. But as soon as that money touched my hand, we, we started moving. We started moving. We made, we gave so far, so far, we fed 230 people a hot meal. And today, later on, we're going to go back and tomorrow. And we've been, we've been doing, we, don't get me wrong. We closed the church for a, a while, but we brought the church to the streets. I mean, we've been preaching in the neighborhoods nonstop. Uh, we're going to feed. When we do the feedings, it's bad. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad how the shelters are not able to house so many people. You know what they're doing now? The people are just started grabbing the curves of the streets, sidewalks, and just building their huts on the sidewalk. I mean, with tin, with, with plastic, and it's crazy. I mean, they're building houses alongside the dump, literally, like, right there outside. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the dump's kind of up on a hill, so the flooding's not going to not going to reach um, that that area. Uh, make sure you tell Pastor Osmond hello for me. Um, that's that's really really a, a great uh, encouraging story. And the Honduran people have a way for our listeners. They have a way of coming together and and uh, taking care of each other. And people who have nothing are willing to give nothing. I mean, they're willing to give what little bit they have um, to uh, help those uh, help those in need. And, um, and right now, you know, I mean, basically since COVID, there hasn't been very many North Americans coming down. So it really is nope. on the churches. And, uh, and in the long run, that, that's probably going to be a healthy thing that the churches have realized that you can do it, um, without, uh, without yes. North Americans being down yes. there. Um, and, uh, and so hopefully when, when we start coming back down, there will be a change in how we approach things that we're not coming down to do anything. We're coming down alongside. Um, to uh, to help and uh, and learn from you, but we are going to take a break. But Kevin, you got anything you want to ask him before we take a break? When we come back, we'll talk about um, you know how we can help and and, and all that. No, no, I, Cesar, I'm I'm going to go ahead and run to break here, and then when we come back, I've got a question for you. So let's go ahead and okay. The Floods of Justice podcast is brought to you by the Coffee House at Second and Bridge. Since 1904, they have stood at the corner of Second Bridge Street in the heart of downtown Franklin. Their house-made menu items are crafted with care and love. Baked goods are made from scratch each morning, and specialty coffee is always ground and brewed fresh. So come on down, wander the rooms, join us at the coffee bar, and find a space to enjoy the food, the drink, and maybe even a recording of the Floods of Justice podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, I'm really, I'm really touched and moved by what you're describing down there, Cesar, and and this may be a, a generalization towards the the church in America, but it 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 has appeared that the church in America has has uh, in a in a bad way has kind of dug our heels in and said you you know you can't oppress my rights. I want to go back and and hold church because I don't want my rights my right to do this infringed upon. Yet what you were kind of describing down in Honduras is is there was a desire to be healed, to be in community. That yes. the, 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 yes. the driving force for the Honduran people to get back into church was was positively motivated, where 
in America, it has felt like it has been hugely negatively motivated. And, and that, I, I mean, I mean that in the, the greatest compliment ever towards the people of Honduras. Like I, I'm in such admiration for what you're describing. Can you tell me more about where the heart of the people are right now? Because, you know, their heart was to get, to get healed and to get back into community and church and, and, and then you get hit with two of these hurricanes and people back are losing everything, uh, their lives, and then what little belongings they they own. Just tell me, where, where are people at now? Are they feeling encouraged, discouraged? Like, what's – go ahead. Um, um, there, there's a – right now the, the Honduran people, my people – we are going through a stage of um, like we just we're in shock. We we, we can't believe it. Um, personally, me now as a pastor, pastor pastor Kevin, he knows he he was able to help me, help me out in my family building building a a um a small wooden home. I already had a wooden house, but we were it was really small, like what you guys would consider a garage in the state for your car. That's where I was living. And um, Franklin Community Church seen where I was living. They said, hey, how about we add on to your house another piece? So they did. So why am I bringing this up? It's because during the hurricane, this last one, my whole roof flooded. I mean, the winds were bad. And I'm a pastor now. I'm a pastor. So a lot of people tend to think that we pastors, you know, we got it made. And it's not like that. It's not Well, in Honduras, at least, I know I don't got it made. But I got um, it made. I got it made. No. <laughs> but um, it started. It started raining bad, real bad, real bad, real, 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 real bad. And I'm a pastor, so I started calling my pastor, Pastor Carlos, and said, "Pastor, you know it's raining, man. In case anything, I'm I'm taking off because if this if this if this tin roof takes if this tin roof falls or or gets blown away, I'm going to the church." He said, "You don't even gotta ask me. You know that's your house." So. In, our, in Honduras, we see the our, we see the church like that. We see the church as a family, in the sense of um, our weddings. The majority of Hondurans get married inside a church, like like the, the actual celebration. It's inside a church. Some people who got money will go to a hotel or rent out of a place like that, you know. But most of the people they they get married inside a church. And like I said, um, the heart right now, the people of Honduras is devastated. There's right now we have a, a movement called the the people helping the people because that's 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 what it is. The government's nowhere to be found. I mean, the majority of our containers being shipped out, um, their containers being filled by Hondurans donations by Hondurans that are being moved all over the country. I mean, you know, we've seen it's it's heartbreaking because. We've seen what the government's doing. You know, they're giving masks. They're more worried about COVID. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not saying COVID is done in our country, but it has died down big time. And people are not, they don't, you think they're caring if they're wearing a mask right now? They're, they're, they're worried about their children eating. They're worried about their, uh, um, their, their, their bellies being filled full. And medicine-wise, you know, we're, People are helping the people out with, with, with what they can. I mean, this is the perfect storm in the sense that for our, 
for, for the church in Honduras. And, and I'm not only speaking on behalf of the Christian evangelical, I'm speaking about Catholics and every other denomination or religion. This is a time where the people have set aside the religion and have seen each other as, hey, you know, the government's not going to do anything and, and they're not doing anything. We need to help each other out. And people just been donating from left to right. You know, in order to get to the places that the donations need to get, because uh, people say, oh, you know, you get a container of food, you take it to the North Coast. No, no, it's not like that. You get your container of food to the North Coast, you got to you gotta unload and load it to what you guys will call, like, those those boats, those quick boats. I don't know what, what how you say it in English, but they're they're like they're like those boats, small small engine, fit about 15 people, and you gotta take different, uh, many sorry many trips to take the food. We have been having helicopters. American, praise God, and, and uh, there was there was big news in uh, the American army that's based here, stationed here. They were going around. I'm rescuing people from the rooftops because our water hit the rooftops, kind of like what you guys had in um, New Orleans. It was like that down here. So Kevin, um, not Pastor Kevin, but the other Kevin, um, Kevin number one or number two. But anyway, to, to, to give you a more direct answer, we're torn apart. It's just, it's, it's, it's devastating, you know. As, pa- as pastors, you can only do so much. only do so much it's a third world country and what can we do we can only live by faith and I want to take this time and and thank every North American church that comes down missionaries I don't care if you're a full time missionary part time missionary if you have ever came down to Honduras and build a house for us, a medical brigade, whatever it is. Thank you guys. And, and I know you guys are going through a, a pandemic and you're going through a political storm yourself, but thank you guys. You know, from the bottom of our heart, from the bottom of my pastor, my pastor, Pastor Carlos told me to tell you, Pastor Kevin, thank you for helping. Thank you for being there for us. And we're torn. We're torn, but, you know, as, as a pastor, I pray to the Lord that this may draw the people's heart to the Lord. I pray that they may seek relief in, in Jesus. You know, he's the only, he's the answer for us. The, the government's not going to do anything for us. They're not, you know. We're already in the third world country. We already lack food. Our, our employment rate is at a 70% right now. You know what a 70% is? In other words, the only ones working right now are people who have some type of political ties, you know, the street vendors have multiplied by the thousands. You know, we have so many people bending in the streets now with a wheelbarrow. They'll, they'll grab a wheelbarrow and fill it up with, with corn, with, with fruits, with vegetables, with eggs. I mean, people don't want to go to the store no more because we have so many street vendors. You know, my wife, my wife, you know, she, you know, Pastor, she's, she's a college grad, but since we've been doing full-time ministry, you know, we're going through so much right now. She said, do you think I need to get a job? And I looked at her. I said, who's going to give you a job now? She said, well, I have a friend that knows a friend that knows a friend that 
there might be an opening in politics and, and the government, you know, get a spot there. I said, listen, if, if you're able to work, then go ahead. But, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be found, you know, depending on a government, you know, we don't have Medicare and stuff like that. You don't, we don't, we don't have stuff like that. social security here. It's not like what you guys have in the States and, and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going to be bold with, with what I'm going to say. And I'm going to direct it at the Christian evangelicals of North America. Not, 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 not the unbelievers. I'm talking to the church in North America. There's a lot of things you guys taking for granted. I, 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 I have lost a lot of friends because I tell them that it seems like you're depending more. And I'm sorry I'm going to touch this topic, but if we got hit with a flood, you guys are getting hit with a greater flood of government politics. A lot of it's sad to see a lot of Christian evangelicals depend on a person more than your God. I mean, I get hit with, yeah, but if you love Jesus, you got to love your country. Yeah, but I'm not going to put my country before my God. I'm not going to put my, my country before my beliefs. You know, I've seen a lot of memes and it hurts me because when you translate a meme, like in the States, you guys, I've I, I seen a meme that a lot of people are saying, we don't care who God, we don't care who's president. Jesus is, is, is God or something like that. And a lot of people are making fun of, of, of that. You know, they're using it as a meme. And, and it's, it's, it's sad because in Honduras, it's the other way around. In Honduras, our Jesus, Jesus is our only hope that we have. And to see a lot of Christian evangelicals, North Americans, put on the same level a person as God, you could say, well, no, we don't do that. But yes, I see it. I have friends on Facebook that have unfriended me because I have said, hey, you're a Christian. <laughs> I mean, what, 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 what are you going to do when you, get in, when you get into heaven? Are you going to vote for Paul? Are you going to vote for Timothy? Who, who are you going to vote for in heaven? You know, but I, I'm sorry. I think I went off topic, but we got hit with those floods and Kevin said, um, you never know. You might come down one day. You are going to see for yourself with pastor kevin what we're talking about you know this is not going to be erased from one day to another you know we've been like this for years this is an ongoing cycle we get hit with, with a hurricane we have no one to look for we get hit with a pandemic or another pandemic or an epidemic we got no one to look for you know all we have is all we have is jesus man i mean our death rate has skyrocketed our murder rate has skyrocketed Poverty, unemployment has skyrocketed. Um, our hospitals collapsed. Collapsed. We collapsed. If you if you guys collapsed in the pandemic, oh man, oh man, we, there were people dying outside and making, waiting in line to make it inside the hospital. Literally, they were dying outside in line, and you just had to walk over them and wait for your turn. Yeah, you know, you know, um, Mother Teresa said. Um, You'll never know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. Amen. Well, that's nicely said. Yeah, and, that, and that's where you are, and I, and you're you're preaching to the choir with us about what's going on in the states, and and even our last podcast, I said something to the fact that the evangelical church has got to divorce themselves um, from the Republican Party. Um, but anyway, so oh, there you are. Good, you left for a second. Um, yeah. So. You know, we need to wrap this up, but let me just let me just say this to everybody who is listening. Um, you know, I was hoping to go to Honduras first of December, and that just didn't work out. Yeah. 
the airport I was going to fly into, I heard, has water on the second floor. Yes, <laughs> the, big time. Yeah, so, you know, um, and so I'm looking at hopefully sometime mid-January through February. Look at your calendar. I told Jonathan to look at his. Say, sir, let me know a week in, around that time period that you think is good for you. And um, I would like to take some 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 finances with me. So, um, you know, right now our our church website giving page is down. Hopefully next week it'll be up. But if you're out there listening and and you want to help, uh, Honduras, um, um, Stace already mentioned a a lady in our church who anonymously I know who it is, but but gave some money for me to send down uh, to Honduras. And and with the money that I gave you, fed almost 300 people with it. Um, and uh, uh, there were some other organizations I sent some money to, but if you'd like to give toward Honduras, I can send it immediately or I can take it down with me. Um, but, but it would go to, um, uh, to, to, uh, Cesar and his church. I promise you it'll be spent, uh, on helping people and, um, and, and a little bit goes a long way, um, down there. It, it yes. really does. Yes. Uh, and so, you know, check our website. Um, we'll put these in the notes. Check our website for the giving page to be back up. But there will also be an address if you want to write a check uh, and mail it to us and just put Honduras on the bottom. And uh, I'll send it down to, to Cesar. And then uh, if I get to go down in, mid, in mid-January, in mid I'm hoping to have a really big push um, to, to get some funds to come down there and bless some people with uh, who are doing the, uh, you know, who are doing the hard work. Um, and uh, you, you know, you know, I love you guys. I'm trying, trying to get down there as quick as I can, but yes, yes. but uh, things just haven't haven't uh, haven't worked out. Um, our friend, our mutual friend, Lewis, has been down there, and he's called me yes. every day because he's talking with different pastors, and they're calling me. You know, so it's, it's been a good week in that regard. I've gotten to, to speak to some really good friends down there, um, and so it's good to see you too. Uh, but anyway, any final words, um, Kevin, and then. Uh, Cesar, I'll ask if you have any final words, and we'll, we'll wrap this up. Kevin? Sure, sure. Well, I, Cesar, I just appreciate you being on this episode. This this is our 50th episode for Floods of Justice, wow. and uh, and I think it's just pretty awesome that you are the 50th episode uh, guest host. Um, hopefully you'll be on more in the future. We would love to have you back. Um we're going to have links, as Pastor Kevin said, in the show notes, and we would love it if if the life of this podcast and this Facebook Live episode carried on and people could contribute um, and and be be able to you know make a difference in, in uh, your lives down there. You're making a difference in our lives up here. I appreciate it. I would love it if you closed us out with a prayer on this podcast as we head out. Um, but any other thoughts you want to throw before that, I would love uh, give you the mic and uh, we'll close the episode with you, Cesar. Amen. I, um, I just want to say before we pray, I just want to say thank you to you, Pastor Kevin and, and, and Kevin as well. Thank you for having me on your podcast. It's, it's, it's been a blessing and thank you for, for hearing me out. I, I believe that um, I speak on behalf of every Honduran down here, what we're going through, which one you guys to keep us in your prayers. And if, if there's, Whoever's listening right now, to all those that are listening right now, if, um, like Pastor Kevin said, it's true. Uh, something small goes here a long way. I've been, I've been getting calls from, I mean, I mean, I'm getting calls from left to right people saying, Pastor, can you donate me a roof? Pastor, can you donate me a floor? Pastor, can you? And I'm like, uh, just hold on, you know, God's going to bless us and we're going to do it. We're going to do it. 
And um, thank you once again. And um, if the Lord is willing, maybe one day soon, never know, I can be there um, with you, go with you guys, both of you guys, live, live, sipping a cup of coffee. Uh, maybe I could bring some Honduran coffee with me. Yes. Some cafe de palo, which cafe is in palo. English. Cafe de palo, which is yeah, before, in English. Before you pray, hang on, Luke. Before you pray, um, just for people to know, I don't mean to embarrass you, Cesar, but just for people to know, Cesar is having some health problems. Um, yeah. Really needs to get to the States uh, to see a doctor to get what in the States would be, there's no such thing as easy surgery, but what in the States would be a relatively simple procedure um, that he can't get in Honduras. And so we're praying that he can get all of his, his visas and passports and, and get up here. He has family in Miami still and, uh, and to get up here and, and get some medical treatments. And so you look at him, you don't know he's in pain, but I, I promise you he's probably in pain right now. Um, and, uh, but anyway, so, um, to our audience, pray for Cesar, uh, pray that, um, he can uh, get relief and, uh, <laughs> be able to get these medical treatments that he needs. And, uh, but anyway, so love you, man. Amen. Thank you, pastor for, I didn't want to put that out there, but okay. I you did. Know, I, I'm you know. sorry. Yeah. Thank you. No, no, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know me, I, I've lost 50 pounds so far. I mean, like I told you at the beginning, I feel like that like that woman with the blood flow. I don't spend all the little bit of money I had, which is not a lot in dollars and different doctors. And, um, well, you told me how your dad went through something similar, you know, and it's, 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 it's all right. You know, I don't want to spend all my, the, the last minute I have speaking on that, maybe some other time, but I would like to pray for, for you, Kevin and pastor Kevin and, and, and for the, for the, for the, for the podcast and everything. So you could just, um, I don't know if you want to buy your hands or close your eyes, but even to those that are listening right now in this podcast, like the apostle Paul said, even though I am absent in the flesh, but present in the spirit, Lord God, I'm being absent in the flesh, but present in the spirit, Lord God, I come praying in the name of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, come praying for, for Kevin Sage, Lord God. Thank you for, for divinely connecting him with pastor Kevin. I know God that, you connect to them in, in a supernatural way, Lord God, and, and bless him, bless his family, bless his, bless his children, his business, and everything he does, every, every podcast that they, that they put out there in the air, Lord God, may, may, may be, as the centurion said, just, just say the word and my servant shall be healed. In the same way, Lord God, that, that wherever this podcast is being broadcasted to, that they may just be, have that same faith as, as, as a centurion, just, have that faith that wherever uh, our voice is being heard, wherever this podcast is being heard, wherever this prayer is being heard, that they may receive healing right now in the name of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord God, if anyone that's listening to us is, is sick, is going through some financial problems, some health problems, some family problems, some, some, some marriage issues, Lord God, may, may they depend on you and, and may you have your way, Father God. And I come praying for Pastor Kevin, Lord God, and, Franklin Community Church, FCC, and Pastor Louise, Lord God, I'm praying for, for all the church leaders and the church members you have in Franklin Community Church and Franklin, Tennessee, and the Franklin Community House, and everything Pastor Kevin is doing to further your kingdom, Lord God. May you give him wisdom and knowledge and understanding, Lord God, more than what you have already given him. May you use him, Lord God, in a mighty way for the furthering of your kingdom, Lord God. And I, I, I believe with my heart, Lord God, that that you're going to continue to 
continue to connect Pastor Cam with with people who sometimes it doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether they're Christians or not. But I believe you're going to connect Pastor Kevin Pastor Kevin with divine connections, Lord God, with, with people who are going to have a heart to help the needy, help the lost, help the homeless, Lord God, feed the homeless, Lord God. And thank you, Father, for giving us for your word says where two or three are gathered. It doesn't matter, Lord God, whether we're doing it through a podcast or, or, or if we were doing it personally, Lord God. But thank you for giving us this privilege to be heralds of your word, of your kingdom, to be to be doing the work of an evangelist through this radio. And and once again your word comes to pass when it says, Greater things shall you do. And these are the greater things that you're talking about, that you have talked about, Lord God, being on being on Facebook Live, being on a podcast, and Lord God, may I may 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 you give me the privilege, Lord God, to to embrace Pastor Kevin once again. And may you give me the privilege and the honor to embrace Kevin Sage personally, Lord God, and and that we may partake of a coffee and bread, Lord God, and may all this be done according to your will. And may you please, Lord God, continue to help our nation, Honduras, with with all the people that lost their houses, Lord God, and, and the food that we need to give to them, Lord God. And, and may you bring peace to the United States of America. Father, may you open the eyes and the hearts and the ears of every evangelical, Lord God, and let them put, a, put to the side their political views and political colors and denominations and that they may come together, join hands and just pray, pray that they may be able to say once again, but with a true heart, in God we trust and not in a man. Thank you, Lord. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen and amen. The Floods of Justice podcast looks at the issues of our day from a biblical perspective without the labels. Join the conversation online at floodsofjustice.com or find the Reverend Dr. Kevin Riggs on Twitter at Riggs underscore Kevin. Floods of Justice is part of the Tennessee Holler Podcast Network. Follow the Holler for relentless coverage, shining a light on injustices throughout Tennessee. Find them online at tnholler.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the TN Holler.